and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Today's episode is sponsored by the Adventure Challenge. Sometimes coming up with an activity for the entire family can be daunting. It's nice to have a go-to option for getting everyone together and just doing a thing. The Adventure Challenge is that thing. You open the book, pick a mystery adventure, scratch it off to reveal what you'll be doing, and have some fun with the whole family. Then you fill in the book, add photos, and it becomes a keepsake. It's really a fun thing to have on hand. Visit theadventurechallenge.com and use promo code KIDSTORIES for a discount. Now on to some shout-outs. Jackson and Ezra shared some fantastic drawings the other day. Thanks for those, you two. I think if Jackson and Ezra were werewolves, they would be shadow werewolves that disappear when they walk into a shadow. Thanks for listening, Jackson and Ezra. Evelyn and Theodore listen to the podcast on their way to school each morning. I think if you two were werewolves, you'd be laser wolves that shoot lasers from your eyes. And maybe you can shoot lasers from your tails, too, because why not? Thanks for listening, Evelyn and Theodore. Rocco from Eagle, Colorado enjoys the podcast, and he's also a great artist. If Rocco were a werewolf, he'd be an eagle werewolf who can sprout big wings from his back and fly. Thanks for listening, Rocco, and thanks for your drawing. Reed is a new patron. I'm glad you enjoy the stories, Reed. I think if you were a werewolf, you'd be a speed wolf who is so fast that he's a blur when he runs. Thanks for listening, Reed. And Grayson Taylor from Canada shared some great drawings as well. Grayson, if you were a werewolf, I think you'd be a fire wolf who could breathe fire just like a dragon. Thanks for listening, Grayson. Today's episode is titled Howl at the Moon, Part 2. Henderson was the fastest horse in the valley. He leaped over streams and sped through trees as fast as lightning. Tubes rode on Henderson's back, guiding him along the quickest route to the dark forest. Once they reached the dark forest, she fearlessly burst right into the black trees, and Henderson continued on. Tubes directed Henderson right to the source of the howling. Soon, she slowed Henderson to a trot, and finally they stopped at the edge of a completely destroyed camp. The campfire was smoldering, and in the dim light she saw Pilsen in his werewolf form. Tubes slid off Henderson. She didn't know exactly what had happened here, but she knew that werewolf was Professor Pilsen. She would recognize his trademark black suit anywhere, even on a werewolf. I always knew you were a werewolf, she said. Professor Pilsen looked up to Tubes. He was the saddest-looking werewolf in the world. He was even crying. Tubes had always known Professor Pilsen to be unshakable and fearless, but now he looked to be broken. Oh, you did not, said Pilsen. No one knew. Well, I suspected at least, said Tubes. What happened here? They took them. A pack of werewolves came and took Calvin and Mallory, said Pilsen. Friends of yours? asked Tubes. I don't have any werewolf friends, said Pilsen. I was raised by humans. I've never even seen another werewolf. Me neither, said Tubes as she began walking around the campsite, looking for clues. Tubes and Pilsen examined the entire area for a while, searching for something helpful. They found nothing. 
By now, Pilsen had returned to his human form. What now? asked Tubes. I don't know, said Pilsen. I don't know what to do. I can only wander the dark forest until I find the children. With all due respect, Professor, you need to stop feeling sorry for yourself, said Tubes. If we're going to get those kids back, you need to get it together. Professor took a big, deep breath and centered himself. He felt lost and helpless. He told himself to look for the next thing. He knew if he just had one idea or one clue to follow, he could find his direction. The professor breathed in deeply a few more times. He thought hard about what they could do next. You know, said Tubes, there is someone who lives here in the dark forest who has helped us before. Pilsen furrowed his eyebrows and thought, Gray lives here. But let's seek him out and see if he can give any advice, said Old Witch Tubes. Gray was an old man who lived in the dark forest. He had lived here for many, many years. Ben-Ben and Bulis first met Gray when they were helping a mist fairy. Ever since then, Gray has often lended his help to the other heroes of the valley. After a long walk, Tubes and Pilsen reached Gray's home. He lived in a magical underground home beneath a gigantic tree. Tubes and Professor Pilsen stood before the huge tree. Even the roots were taller than they were. They searched among the tangled root system for a door. Perhaps we should just... knock, Pilsen thought out loud. He leaned forward and knocked on one of the thick wood roots of the tree. A moment later, a rectangular section of the roots opened, just like a door. A short, stocky man with a thick red beard stomped out of the hidden door. Bright light shone out of the doorway and into the dark forest. Well, if it isn't old witch tubes and... Ah, uh, Professor something or other, said Gray. Hello, Gray. Good to see you again, said Tubes. We need your help. Of course you do, said Gray with a laugh. Some evil thing trying to take over the valley, no doubt. Let me guess. All of the sharks in the ocean have taught themselves to breathe air, and now they're leading an attack on the valley. No, not exactly, said Tubes. Okay, okay. How about a giant fart monster has come up from the southern swamps to fart all over the valley and make everything super stinky, joked Gray. No, Gray, it's actually... All right, hang on, I know. How about a team of evil, greedy ninja clowns has begun robbing pies from all the bakeries in the valley, and we need to dress up as clowns to infiltrate their crazy circus and... Werewolves, interrupted Pilsen. Gray raised his eyebrows. Werewolves, you say? Well, that, that was my next guess. Come on in. Gray led the other two down into his hidden underground home. Even though it was underground in the darkest place in the valley, Gray's home was bright, like it was filled with sunshine. All right, then. Have a seat, said Gray. I'll get us a spot of tea. The three sat at a table and enjoyed some of the best-tasting tea in the valley. Professor Pilsen told Tubes and Gray the entire story of the werewolves attacking and taking Mallory and Cal. I see, said Gray. Awful business. Do you know about werewolves here in the dark forest? asked Tubes. I've never seen one in my life. Me neither, said Gray. But I have heard of them. Mostly old folk tales and stories from years ago. In fact, I have something that I think could help. 
Gray left the room and returned with a small wooden carving of a werewolf. It was like a child's toy. There were always stories of werewolves living here in the valley centuries ago, began Gray. I always thought they was just myths and legends. I never really thought they actually existed. What were the stories? asked Tubes. Maybe some of the stories will tell us where these wolves lived and we can find that hidden place. One story tells of a thing called the Forest Tree, here in the Dark Forest, said Gray. The story goes that the werewolves live inside the tree, because inside the tree is another forest. Like the tree itself is the portal to another dimension, said Professor Pilsen. Uh, something like that, said Gray. That would explain how they could have lived among us for so long without a trace, suggested Tubes. How do we find the tree? asked Pilsen. My great-great-grandfather would joke with us kids that a werewolf could howl at the moon and the tree would glow faintly, said Gray. Me and me cousins would pretend to be werewolves walking around the forest and howling, looking for the glowing forest tree. But that doesn't do us any good since we're not werewolves. Tubes and Pilsen looked at each other suspiciously. Uh, actually, said Tubes, it, it turns out Pilsen is, uh, is a werewolf. That's so, asked Gray, looking at Pilsen suspiciously. If you're a werewolf, why don't you already know all this stuff? I wasn't raised by werewolves. I was raised by humans. Before the recent attack, I had never even met another werewolf, said Pilsen. I see. Well, how about we go find us a magical werewolf tree, then, said Gray. And I'll bring my little werewolf toy for good luck. He got up and began stuffing things into his adventure bag. Soon the three adventurers were out in the dark forest again. Pilsen lifted his head up to the bright moon and howled. Even though he was in his human form, his howl sounded like it was coming from a ten-foot-tall hairy beast. It was loud and deep and echoed through the dark forest. Tubes and Gray looked all around for a glowing tree, but saw none. So I guess we keep walking around and howling until we see a glowing tree, eh? Gray said. Well, that seems to be our only option right now, said Tubes. So the three wandered through the dark forest, Pilsen howling and Tubes and Gray searching for a glowing tree. Finally, after hours of howling and searching, Tubes noticed something glowing in the distance. Uh, there! Uh, that way, look! she said, pointing. The others looked and noticed the same thing. They ran in that direction and Pilsen howled once more. Something glowed brighter in the distance and they ran to see what it was, hoping it was the forest tree. The trio darted among the trees and finally stood in the light of a huge tree that was glowing gently. A soft yellow light bathed the area around this tree. It's amazing, said Tubes. Pilsen and Gray silently agreed. Pilsen walked closer and closer to the tree, and as he neared, it opened up, as if it sensed he was a werewolf, and it opened up for him. 
The wood creaked as the trunk of the tree spread apart. Through the opening, the heroes could see another forest. They saw trees and bushes and grass, and they saw another sky. There was a whole other world right inside this tree. Pilsen turned and looked to Tubes and Gray. They both nodded to him, and the three heroes walked into the tree. The end. Thanks for listening, friends. Now let's get on with some awesome shout-outs. Iris and Owen shared some great artwork. Thanks for those drawings. You two are awesome. Maz from Denver, Colorado shared an awesome drawing of Hummus Wrinklesmith. Excellent. Great stuff, Maz. You're awesome. Phoenix Doddridge from Ottawa, Canada and his younger brother Gabriel liked the show. I love that drawing, Phoenix. You two are awesome. And Zeph has shared some great drawings and ideas. Zeph, I really appreciate all your great ideas and your artwork. You're awesome. The website is kidstoriespodcast.com. Send all your drawings and such to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com and find more stories at patreon.com forward slash kidstoriespodcast. Adios.